0: This
1: is the culture. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Wave podcast. Today we are talking about a movie that just recently came out that is talking about the GameStop Wall Street sort of crisis, I guess that happened. It's called Dumb Money. Uh, and we're going to give you guys a review and a discussion about it. I am one of your hosts. I'm Darian Scalimoni. I am joined as always by Liz Seiko.
0: Hey, hey.
1: And also on the producer cam today we have Zach Miller
2: yo what's up what's up
1: so i'm excited to talk about this because we have differing opinions we do we talked a little bit off camera we didn't dive too much into it because we want to save the conversation for the audience but um this is a movie that is directed by craig gillespie uh who i know has directed one of your favorite movies of the last what 15 years i forget when i tanya came out by tanya
0: 2017 i want
1: to say okay so let's say 10 years yeah more yeah that's better um but he since that he did cruella Mm -hmm. and then he's been doing a lot of tv for hulu he did pam and tommy and he also did the mike tyson uh biopic series that came out called mike Mm -hmm. um but he directs this this is written by lauren Blum and rebecca angelo who uh previously wrote Around 13 episodes of Orange is the New Black. So that's basically the creative team behind it. It has a pretty big ensemble. Paul Dano is in it. Pete Davidson, Vincent D'Onofrio, America Ferrara, Nick Offerman, Anthony Ramos, uh, Seth Rogen. A bunch of people are in this movie. But Liz, let's start with you with just kind of broad thoughts on what you thought of Dumb Money.
0: Uh, I liked it. I thought it was really entertaining, um, funny very fast. Like, I don't think there was a moment where I was really bored or kind of like, oh, okay, let's like speed it up a little bit, which is nice. Um, just a, I I thought it was really good casting, too, which I enjoyed, because uh, sometimes when it's a big cast, sometimes people can be miscast a little bit, and really, they're just there to like have a big name on that role. Um, but no, I thought everybody's casting was spot on, which I enjoyed. Okay. Um, but what did, what did you think?
1: Um. I didn't love this movie as much as I feel (laughs) like I knew I not that I was like completely let down. It's not like I was expecting this to be some like I wasn't expecting this to be an Oscar type movie, which Mm -hmm. I think when it was first announced and the kind of reputation that Gillespie has for getting like Margot uh, and Oscar nom with his direction and I, I think that the story could lend itself to something and it's being compared a lot to obviously for obvious reasons for the big short. Which, yeah. we'll get into that, because I think that's that's a whole different conversation. But, um, yeah, all in all, I, I wasn't bored either. I, just, I thought that the script had a lot of problems, and I think that the actors had to do a lot to try to hold up the story because I thought the script was so weak. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked recently about, again, how the script is such an important aspect of a film. So, if the script doesn't feel sort of tight to me i feel like there's a lot of room for things to go wrong and that's kind of how it felt to me it felt a little chaotic at times and i didn't love the choices in terms of structure but that's kind of just a broad term zach what did you think
2: um i i kind of enjoyed the perspectives on the crisis in wall street like i know they follow basically three major storylines of like you know who was affected like the um girls at college and then, uh, American Ferrara's character, the nurse. And then, um, who's the other one? I think, uh, uh the
0: GameStop worker. Yes. Who... Anthony Ramos. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I kind of thought that that was like what they made the narrative, uh, like unique part of it as they gave three characters that like, and then these are real people too, that they gave them their storylines in the middle of a big wall street scheme that was uh involved with GameStop so I did like that because it was it was a little better than just having Paul Dano's character and the entire trial if it was like a trial movie like a courtroom drama it would have bored me I think but I did enjoy the fact that there were multiple people involved so I I, that's what I took away from it
0: but well okay so then I I agree with you, Zach. Um, I liked it. I thought that the I, I think that I kind of agree with you too, though. Maybe there's a few script holes that they could have like dove deeper in. I was kind of surprised that this came out as soon as it did. I think that maybe if they gave it another year or two after when the actual events happened, um, maybe they could have beefed up some of the side character stories a little bit more. Um, because kind of like the characters that you were just talking about, Zach, I think they left them a little bit shallow. It was kind of just like, okay, these are very middle class people that just kind of want to make some money. Um, so let's watch them gamble away and kind of make it a risk. Um, I wish that they had maybe gone in a little bit deeper, on like their own backstories, but I also get why they didn't because then it becomes a story about these individual characters while I think as a whole, they were just trying to tell the story of what actually happened in a fun and entertaining way, not like a documentary.
1: Yeah, I I think part of it too though is similar to what you just said in terms of them. I I do feel like they definitely rushed this. Like I don't think we needed a scripted version of the story yet. Mm -hmm. They had to go back in time to give exposition to characters because this GameStop frenzy happened in 2021. So it was only a couple of years ago. So they went back even like during the COVID era to um, talk about like how COVID had affected certain people. And again, that had an impact I think on the obvious short squeeze that happened with GameStop. But I thought that it's hard to dive deeper on characters when not even enough time has passed to really even connect to those people at a certain time. Right. So even the big short, Again, for an example, that happened in 2008. The movie didn't come out. I don't think till like 2015. So I'm just gonna double check 2015. So even that's not as much. That's still not a crazy amount of time. But seven no. years. There's still a lot more that can happen in a seven year period versus Dumb Money coming out in 2023 and it just happened two years ago. So I thought that that also led to again, and that could be part of what happened in terms of the script maybe having issues because the whole thing was rushed. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like as soon as this story even began to happen pre-trial, there were already studios lining up to make movies about this, which I thought was yeah. such an int- – like, we have such a shortage of stories that we have to cover something in real time.
0: Yeah, of course. So. I do-
1: well, I just – I to me, I think that sometimes you can – like, creators can get in the way of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a situation where the studios were like, we need to capitalize on this immediately. And to me, it didn't – I think this movie just could have been better. Like I, I think that they could have taken a different even in terms of the entertainment aspect, like I do think there are moments that I laughed and there are moments that I was entertained. But I think as a whole it could have been a better and more entertaining movie if they gave it more
2: time to breathe.
0: I don't know. I was pretty yeah. entertained. But go ahead, Zach. Okay.
2: Um, I was gonna say to your point, the, the only thing that I did feel like was rushed was that the conclusions were not as definitive for me. Like I know that there was some um, real footage of the trial like the actual people having their stuff shown during the trial and I I assume that was during some COVID time too and there was uh, the senators interviewing them so it didn't feel like it was wrapped up completely this full story because there's only been two years I think there's still settlements that are still happening and then conclusions legally that are still going on so it, it almost felt like a disservice to Telling a story if it is not completed, like what, like you're saying. Yeah. So
1: I think, um, and just I guess we'll start to dive in a little bit on like spoiler territory for the people. So if you guys haven't seen this film, try to tune out for a few minutes here. But like I think to your point, Zach, at the end of the film, we have that that um that black screen with the with the text. It's basically saying like now because of the impact of this, this is still sort of happening. So people are on the lookout for it. So again, it. I think that also hurts it. Like you were saying, it doesn't, it can't be a conclusive ending to a story because it's, the story is kind of still happening. Like yeah. in terms of what the plot of this film is and the core of what, um, Paul Dano's character, uh, which in the film he's known by his, most of the film he's known as his YouTube personality, which is Roaring Kitty, which I love <laughs> that. was amazing. funny. Uh, Keith Gill is the, is the name of the actual guy who went through all of this. But I thought that, again like yeah maybe that's part of why i didn't even feel like a i didn't feel a strong attraction or like i didn't feel like i cared about the characters at the end like maybe with the exception of of paul dano and i think maybe again i think that's more of the performance i thought you
0: didn't feel bad for like america ferrera's character at all
2: no not really what i mean i i I felt bad for her of not like no i felt bad for her but not not the uh, the college girls because they had chances to cash out and and it was our like the, her friends were really like, telling her like they were like this is more money than you've had
1: yeah so well, just yeah. Cash well that's out. the thing like I think it's hard to say you don't feel bad because of course when people are playing around with money that's a real situation and these mm-hmm. are based on real people and real events. Yeah. But at the same time, too, like kind of similar to what Zach was like, she also could have cashed out. I know. Like at at any point, all of these people could have cashed out. And I understand the movement and what they were going for because that's the story, right? That's That's
2: part of the theme. Yes. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's hard for me to feel bad for any of these characters. Again, like, yeah, I, I hate going back to the comparison of the big short, but there are two films that were made recently that are about Wall Street, the stock market and the impact that. The, the that Wall Street has on America in general, right? I think that's a fair thing yeah. to say. Yeah. With the big short people were getting fucked out of their whole entire lives not by their own accord this film so many people bought into Roaring Kitty because they were going against a capitalistic society which I would probably agree with. If I, was, I wasn't one of the people that went in on this a couple of years ago but I know people that were and people that made money from this I think the thing is there were people that also cashed out during this time and the more people just sort of joined the movement, which, of course, they're not going to talk about because this is a dramatized version of the story. Yeah. That's why I'm saying I think it's hard to feel bad for characters when it's their own choices, right? Like the situation when uh, Robin Hood got shut down Mm -hmm. in the film, that was a situation where I was like rooting for everybody. Yeah. Because I was like, this is shitty. Because That was, that was like the sad. heart of the story. Yeah. Too. Exactly. But then when they open everything up and then everyone and it's g- great, like he held and everything like that. But then at that point, anyone can choose to do whatever they want. And it's hard for me to feel bad for her character when she could have cashed out and paid off her mortgage. Like that's, that's yeah. playing around with your own livelihood.
0: But, but I think also like, I think they do a really nice job in this of, like i know a lot of people are comparing this to the big short but i think it's two different tones um yeah i i actually i think a lot of people like audience members were trying to hype this up to be an uh, quote-unquote like oscar runner but mm. ne- once i saw it i realized that this they were i don't think they were going for this no, to be an I, Oscar I movie at all because yeah. literally their opening song is wop Like that's the opening soundtrack is when people are introducing their characters. So I don't think that the producers and director and writer were actually hitting for this to be an Oscar. I think that they were like, okay, let's kind of lead into the absurdity of this story, because if you think about it, this story is crazy. And that's what I liked is that they leaned into the craziness of all of this blowing up over like TikTok and how relevant that was and how all of this crumbled because people were stuck at home during the pandemic and they had a lot more money because of the money that we were getting from the stipends. And so what happened? All these people just started putting money into things that necessarily they didn't really know about. They just saw some guy on the Internet who was wearing kitty shirts and who was kind of like, kind of nerdy and, like, quirky, but he sounded like he knew what he was doing. And I think the whole thing is that he was showing, of uh, like, his side. He was actually putting out on the internet what he- his money was doing for the world to see. And I think people trusted him, which led to this. So I, I thought the movie did pretty well with not coming at it from a, like, ooh, let's be documentary and tell a different point of view they were like all right let's tell this story how it actually happened which is kind of weird
2: yeah zach did you have anything you wanted to add um yeah i just think it was um it was it was structured just to what you're saying about the tiktok stuff i think it was just showing the influence like it's a very modern film now because it shows like the problems where influence is is a good and bad thing i guess like and that's what probably My takeaway was from the movie of like you know if you're if you're influencing these people he because he realizes oh i have an effect on these people and what i say and if i hold like i have an effect on how people will follow this and what kind of message am i trying to say and once he realizes he's trying to send a message to people about like you know f wall street and like we're gonna get back at them he realizes he has to hold but then it's also very telling to how easy it is for us to just follow people it's like into you know it's it's like the equivalent of when people would tell us well if your friend told you to jump off a bridge would you like now we're kind of (laughs) straying into that ground of the influencer you know Mm -hmm. and that's what this was and that that was the only part that like made me uncomfortable or i actually didn't like was when they were showing the videos and like the the saturated like oh all these people yes i I
1: felt i felt similar to that i think we talked a little bit off camera about that but to me that especially in terms of what i was alluding to earlier the chaos like the chaotic nature of the edit and things like that that was something to me that narrative structure didn't work for me i I was rather but i do understand that it probably fits the tone of what they were going for and that's why i think maybe the movie just wasn't for me Mm -hmm. like it wasn't what i wanted to see from this story And I think part of it also comes into the fact that I just don't know if the story needed to be told in this way already. Mm. I think that maybe I would have felt better about it if it like it's weird. It feels like a snapshot in time that we're already living in. So
2: it felt like so close to home, I guess, of just how I don't even think it was necessarily bad because I was telling DJ too. I think it was actually super essential to the story that they had. TikTok influencers. Well, yeah, because they have to show it. like yeah. how
0: this became such a phenomenon. Right. Like so it was internet.
2: important. I thought it was essential that they show it in some way. Maybe it was just the way that they did it with um, the editing. And, um, you know, was, the screen was literally full of TikTok videos mm-hmm. at some point. So maybe that was just like, I've, I see that too much already. So it was, it felt like less of an escape when I watched this movie. And I like, but then it's also, I don't even think I don't even think it's like about, I don't know. I'm kind of losing my train of thought. I just think like, obviously it's not an escape, escaping story, like, cause it's a very relevant story. Um, and it's, it's a true story, so.
0: Yeah, like, I feel like they weren't trying to come at it from a different point of view. I think they were like, okay, let's tell this uh, and make it a little bit entertaining, just like how it was when it was blowing up on the internet of like, all of this was happening. Um, I also like I thought that they did very well with making you as an audience member feel that kind of like nervousness of when you're about to put in money to something. Did mm. you guys feel that at all? or not I felt really? that
2: a little bit.
1: I felt yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. But then at the same like I don't know. I don't know enough about and that's maybe that's another fault of the movie. Maybe I, I still don't feel like I knew enough about the situation and what Robin Hood even was to fully understand what was happening because They that's a very small part of the story that I feel like you don't you don't even get enough of like Sebastian Stan's characters role in all of this because that's the platform that was built that most of this buying and selling of the stock was happening on. Yeah. And it's based on something that is not formulaic or normal to the system of buying and selling stocks. So like one of the things that I appreciated in terms of like the structure and that's, what I, I feel like they tried to explain and enhance the story by doing some of the social media sort of play playoffs. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, I didn't learn anything from that. It was just like, it felt forced to me. Like it, it felt like it was just, again, trying to be a part of this modern day era, which again, if that's what they're going for, I guess they achieved it.
0: Like, do you wish but- that they had would have broken it down more of like what actually like,
1: I like, like, way, I like the way – I like the way – I like when creators are able to do things that don't feel so in your face to explain a situation that might be too – Above your head
0: a little bit? Yeah.
1: So like – and I, I, I'm sorry for bringing it up so much. But like in the big short, that was a creative way mm-hmm. of being able to explain the housing crisis when you have those sides of like Margot Robbie in the tub explaining yeah. it or Anthony Bourdain in the kitchen and comparing it to like either everyday occurrences for a- anybody – at any time or like comparing it to like a profession or something like that this was just like oh we're gonna show you through tiktoks exactly how this was happening and some of that was probably real like some of those were inspired by real tiktoks but Mm -hmm. some of it at the same time too like even the the reddit stuff to me was like so in your face and it's based on where i guess it started from but there were moments where i was just like all right enough I, i like at this point i understand what you're going for i don't need it Again and again and again and again. Okay. So maybe just in terms of the narrative structure and how they wanted to explain this as a whole, it just didn't fit what I wanted to see in this story.
0: I, I could see that. But then I would also say... um like in this the situation and what happened these people that are putting their money into it didn't even really know like what they were necessarily doing either they just saw that people on social media were saying oh my god I'm making money by putting my money into GameStop mm. like go put your download yeah. this app Robinhood and put your money into it and you'll make money so yeah it's I think, more
1: of a social media movement story than it is about a financial story I think yeah well I, I, think, I think that's
0: think it's, the approach I think yeah. it's more of like it's it's a story of like numbers matter in a way and if you do rally and start coming together as a group, you can achieve things. And it kind of is like a I think that it's more of just like a feel-good movie of like you don't have to accommodate to what the norm is and you can go and do something different that you don't necessarily know and you can still come out on top. I I think
2: that's true. Because like to your point, like they they were really going after it of like, you know, this has never happened before on Wall Street. Like we've never seen a short squeeze or like hundred fifty percent climbs in mm-hmm. one day with just a nobody app, and then they were going into how this is uh, tanking hedge fund managers and stuff like that. So I think it was it. Oh, and that's the other thing they were doing with the message. They were like, "Oh, let's revolutionize um, trading, or like let's revolutionize Wall Street, yeah. and let's like let's take down the big competitors because they're trying to sink companies." so they can make money and line their pockets when we're going to line our pockets yeah so i think that's what the approach was and then you know honestly i think was is changing my opinion on how i think about the listen the i liked it i thing. thought it was a good movie I think, I think it's like i think it's just the graphics that were that i were my only gripe but the the reason for including it in the story was essential yeah you know i think i think it was just the 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 rap music and the like all right let's let's get this all right let's let's overcome it's like no let's go let's be a little more serious and like like yes the movement is important so treat that in the same tone i I think
1: that's why i think they're not essential which is it's interesting that you say because i think that there's a way that you can have subtle nods to the era and still have things that are happening around you that are of the time but you don't need it to be juxtaposed with imprints of social media on your film that's what i thought was really interesting i I
0: disagree on that okay because i think for this time period when everybody was stuck at home the only way that you were communicating with people was through facetime and like social media and through your phones essentially so i think like the other way of showing that would be to show people just like holding their phones and like texting and seeing their reactions rather than through the screen um and, like, the rap music, I actually liked because if you think about it, this whole time period, like, TikTok was becoming huge. And it really was all these, like, cheesy yeah, dances. Yeah, like songs that were happening. And so, for me, <clears throat> this was actually probably the first, like, like, COVID movie that I wasn't necessarily annoyed with. Because sometimes I felt like they've, there have been COVID movies come out that I've been, like... Like, I, I went through this. Like, I know what it was like. Like, I don't necessarily want to see it again. But I feel like they came at it from a very nice point of view of not shoving it down your throat, but more bringing it in in nice nuances to remind you of, like, the reason these people were pulling together as a group. And, like, what were they? Like, the diamond, ha- diamond hands oh, or whatever? Uh,
2: oh, what is
1: it? Uh, well,
0: well, I think it was. Wasn't it, like, diamond hands or something?
1: Uh, yeah, diamond, was, yes, of, yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: like Diamond yeah. Hands. Like I mean, me, Tendy
1: Man was like my favorite reference yeah, the whole time. That was but, great, like, but for me,
0: the reason that this actually worked is because all these people were stuck at home and they were looking for a connection and like a community. And so they found it online with each other. And then, yeah, they totally could have pulled out and made all of this money. But instead it was like, no, these are my people. Like, I'm not going to pull out because like this is my community and what w- we're working for. That's true. And yeah. I think if you didn't show the pandemic aspects it would have kind of been like wait why like why are they doing this and it's because they were searching for connection
2: mm. yeah that's a fair point
1: i like that point mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that i i will agree with you because zach and i i think talked a little bit after i had seen it too about i agree in terms of it being like the first covid movie that i like enjoyed pretty, the way they handled it yeah, because it, it felt wasn't hitting you in the it head felt more it. it felt more realistic to my experience yeah. anyway it wasn't like and I shouldn't. I don't. I want to preface this by saying I understand it was obviously a terrible time for a lot of people. This movie also takes place though at a time where I don't want to say the pandemic was over because I feel like it's never really over at this point anymore. But people were starting to have interactions. Like, like again, like Anthony Ramos's character working in a GameStop. Like GameStops yeah. were closed for a very long time, and he was still interacting with people. But I do understand that the movement was basically started because of that whole social aspect, right? Yeah. Cause it's, st- I mean the whole, the whole production of Roaring Kitty started because of YouTube, yeah. which I think is really is interesting in and of itself. The power of like what YouTube has over people, right? How often people are like watching YouTube more than like their own television anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was just, I, I, I think that the script, the combination of the script and that aspect for me just might not have worked in terms of the movie that I was hoping to see from mm-hmm. this. Uh, I, l- I want to talk about the performances, though, because I'm curious okay. what you guys thought. I thought, like I said, I thought Dano was really great in this film. I loved it. I him. liked seeing him do something a little different than what he... He takes on a lot of very serious stuff. I thought this was a role that he could actually have a lot of fun with. Um, so what did you think of his his portrayal of, of Roaring Kitty?
0: I thought he was great. I thought he really didn't push a lot, which was kind of nice because I think... Um, especially if you have like a big name actor and you say like, okay, you're going to play kind of like the middleman who's just trying to make some money on the side. They can go very, uh, like over the top a little bit with it. And instead he just played him very, like, I felt like I was seeing somebody that I could see like at work or like the same attitude as anybody that I see on a daily basis and not necessarily like a caricature. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I I liked the, uh, The differentiation between you never see his work life like you never see him working at Mass Mutual, which I thought was funny, but it's it's funny how it talks about he's a casual YouTuber in the beginning and then he just starts by talking to a couple. I love that whole scene where he starts his first stream to talk about the GameStop stock yeah and there's a couple people writing in he's like oh you're a loser thanks for watching thanks for like, all- <laughs> like it was like <laughs> such a perfect portrayal of how like YouTube can be portrayed sometimes so I thought that was I thought that was really good I, again I, I like how he got to play around because I feel like Dano doesn't get to do things like this very often everything mm-hmm. he does is very serious and at least in terms of like what I associate him with in terms of roles that's Usually what I say, I felt bad for Shailene Woodley because I felt like she was kind of cast aside a lot in this movie. Maybe you guys feel differently, but I want to see her do more. I want her to I think she's a fantastic actress. And I think now she's in this kind of period where she's not even being considered for certain things anymore, which sucks because I like her. But
0: I I wasn't unbothered by her role. I actually you know what I really appreciated was that it didn't go down the story route of them having like marital problems yeah. because all this happened. Yeah. Instead, it I was like she supported him since day 1 because it wasn't him just throwing away their savings. It was like, no, she even backed him up when he his parents were like you're crazy and she's like, no, 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 he has studied this. So I liked that they didn't have uh like the wife pinning up against the husband. It was like she had his back, which um like, I, li- I, I like that. I liked that character. I think she knew going in that she was just going to be, like, the supporting character. Um, and, yeah, I thought that she did pretty well with it without making it, like, over the top because I don't think that was needed.
1: Zach, did you have anything about the performances of at least yeah. Shailene and Dano?
2: I think I think Shailene did the most with what her character was given in the script. Like, her role, to me, just wasn't as Big, like her character's role in this whole story was obviously not that big compared to mm-hmm. the rest of the hedge fund managers and Paul Dano. But so I think she did a great job. I just don't think she was given anything that would showcase her abilities and her range as much as it has in the past. Not to say that she's like, she was bad in this. I don't think she was bad at all. No, in this movie, I, I, yeah. don't, I, I don't great. think so either. Yeah,
1: I th- think I just wanted to see more from her.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know though because I, I think
0: she had like the same screen time as like some of the other side
2: characters. Like she had more than Pete Davidson, I think.
0: Way more than Pete. I mean, Pete Davidson though, his character was his like, character meant was there to for be... uh,
1: I, comic I relief. Wanna, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's not, yeah. that's the other thing too. It's it's hard. Is it c- really technically comic relief if most of the, the movie is comedic? By the way, I'm not a Pete Davidson fan. I know.
0: I want to know. Did you like him? In I this?
1: loved him in this movie. Okay, but I thought that again the whole part of him is to act like like a low-life scumbag (laughs) and like for the lack of a better term but like that's really what he was playing and i thought that he i don't i'm curious how much of his stuff was scripted because i feel like a lot of his stuff might have been improv and i actually appreciated like his humor in this Mm -hmm. movie and i think part of that also might be he's 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 probably one of the youngest cast members in this with the exception of the college students And he's living in this time where his whole life is pop culture. His whole life is being on social media and being like a star on SNL and people talking about his penis being everywhere. (laughs) So, like, literally, I think that maybe this is something that he could have related to in terms of the movement. And maybe that's why I appreciated his maybe What he added to the film. Uh, I did like the, the two, t- uh, college students, Mahala, Harold and Talia Ryder. I really them I I Mahala, like them too. good. Mahala, Mahala, Harold. I haven't seen her in my, I don't know. I thought I saw something with her recently, but she's one of the leads on industry oh, okay. on HBO. And she's getting like a lot of attention recently and she's getting a lot of roles. So, oh, she was on black mirror. She was on the new season of black mirror, but, um, I thought she was good in it. Uh, I wanted to see a little more of Nick Offerman just cause I, I love him uh and seth rogan about was, seth Rogen? Uh, yeah. i didn't like seth rogan in it you didn't no i don't i i don't know if i love seth rogan in dramatic roles even oh i though, disagree completely okay because i i thought that i thought he did fine in the movie but like he was the least appealing character and i definitely didn't really feel that bad for him i don't
0: think you're supposed to yeah
1: i know but i, I just i don't know I, I don't i don't like i don't think he's a good actor dramatically <sighs>
2: really yeah I
1: like him in Steve what? Jobs I think he's good in Steve Jobs I think we talked about this a little bit Zach yeah. but again maybe part of it though I think so much of it is based on my what I appreciated or did or didn't like about the script because when I like him in Steve Jobs he, the script is Aaron Sorkin like he's one of the greatest writers like I didn't love the script so much so I don't know if I liked what he was able to do with what was on the page I'm not sure see
0: I this movie actually kind of made me start thinking that I think Seth has done an incredible job of, like, transitioning his career because in the beginning he of his career, he was just kind of, like, the funny sidekick um, who was always high all the time and was, like, kind of the comedic relief. And now I feel like he's really transitioning into these roles that, yeah, they might have some, like, comedic moments, but they are a little bit more weighted in, like, realism. Um, like, did you guys see, uh, like... Uh, what was the other? What was? It was the also Fablemans. in the Fablemans,
2: yeah. I'm yeah, sure I thought he days. was okay in the Fablemans.
0: Did you see like Pam and Tommy?
2: Yeah,
1: I I liked I it, which I thought I he didn't, was I great. Didn't, in that. I didn't finish Pam and Tommy, but again, I th- I I don't know too because I I think when I see him comparatively to other actors that are of a higher caliber, it makes me even think less of him dramatically because I don't think he's that strong of a dramatic actor.
0: I think that he's getting there. Like for me, I think if Pete Davidson is smart, he will look at Seth Seth's like career and say like okay he might have started off as a comedic actor but then eventually he transitioned
1: yeah i think they're like judd like apatow's pete, kids like I yeah guess, like yeah. if pete
0: davidson can like yeah he can do comedic but if he can start tipping his toes in like dramatic roles earlier on in his career then i think he'd do great interesting I know.
1: I, I think there's some things I like him in, but again, like if I'm I'm looking at his IMDb page right now, and a lot of the stuff I like him in is mostly comedic. Ooh, like Seth or Pete. Seth. I, I haven't. In terms of Pete, I haven't.
0: I don't. Pete's only done like comedic a few things. Roles, I like really. The King
1: of Staten Island, which is kind of. But again, so here's another example. The King of Staten Island is basically a story about his life to yeah, an extent. So it's it's not, a heightened version. Yeah. But the other part is, I also don't even think he's the best performance in that movie, and it's a movie that is strictly based on his life. I thought Bill Burr, who is a stand-up comedian turned actor, is great in that movie. He is really good. Like, way better than Pete in that movie. And he's a comedian.
0: Yeah, I would say, though, like, coming at it from an acting point of view, if you're portraying something that's close to you, I think it's a lot harder to have, um, like objective opinions because you have more to lose necessarily or like you come at it from a different point of view versus if you're coming at something and you're just an actor and you don't have any like heartfelt strings attached to it, you can come at it and be like, okay, this is how I'm gonna play it this way. While if it's Pete's life story, he's gonna be like, well, I could play it this way, but then I also see it from this point of view because I see it from my mom's point of view or I see it from this point of view. So I think it's hard for char- for people like actors and people to play themselves.
1: No, that's a fair point. It's hard because yeah.
0: you don't come across then as a character. You come across uh, like because you never want to show yourself as one dimensional mm-hmm. while it's easier to see a character on a page and be like, OK, I know this character. Because you don't see yourself as a character, you see yourself as a as person. A
1: person, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I- I'm not like giving up on Seth Rogen as a dramatic actor. How dare I just, you? No, if you I, do. Can, I mean again, that's what. But I, I think he's better. And again, I think he's better in Fablemans than he is in this. And I think the Fablemans think is working, a much though. stronger he's, script.
0: He's flexing a little. But bit. But
1: that's my point. I think that in terms of why I didn't like his performance in this, I I think that the script as a whole has such a major impact on my perspective of this film. Like I think that. There are certain like even like my two my probably my two favorite characters in this with the exception of Dano is America Ferreira's character and Anthony Ramos's character. And I think Ramos is such an enigmatic actor. Like I wanted to see so much more of him, like everything I've seen him and I've
2: really enjoyed him in. I don't so, think he's good at all, to be honest. You really? <laughs> I don't think he's good at all. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> Tell us
0: why, Zach. Yeah, Get no, i
2: I just think he is so one dimensional. I think he is like he's like, all right, I'm going to play the young, like rebellious teen and that's it. Do you see in the heights? Still think it's the same thing. I I don't think it's really like much of like much more depth depth than he's doing. Like the same thing with I I just saw the garbage Transformers movie a while ago. So I, I, don't, I don't. I, I go only got that. dragged to that movie. But he, he played the same character that he did in game in this movie, playing a GameStop. Cause, okay. like, I feel like a Transformer could have busted through the wall and pulled him out. <laughs> that was the same <laughs> you movie. Would have gone into. I
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I and I don't know that's just how I feel.
0: I the games like stop situation was probably my least favorite side storyline. I just felt like they could have gone a little bit more into that because like also I feel like there's a lot of talk of like the people that made money on the GameStop situation and like the hedge fund people that lost money. What about the owner of, like, GameStop? Like, give us some information on, like, what was going inside the company at this that's time. F- that's true. Like, were they I freaking like that, yeah. out? Were they, like, holy shit, we're making money? Or were they, like... Like what was going on? Yeah,
1: especially on? if they're going to give a perspective from someone who works in the company. Why? I felt like
0: he was bland. He didn't have any of, like his character as the manager of a company that everybody was talking about at the time. He acted as if nothing was going on.
1: The, the yeah. Dane DeHaan's character yeah. you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Like, I, he was just so concerned about like, oh, follow the book of management. Yeah, come into work on time. Yeah, make man. sure yeah. you're on time. And it's like <laughs> dude, you should be like, give a little bit more point of view on the circumstances that are
1: happening. I would agree with yeah. that. I think that's a
2: fair I, point. I also think another big omission was um so they go into the robin hood stuff and they go into how it was blocked or they blocked transactions Mm -hmm. from happening stopped it and then they uh, a a little bit more time passes and then they go into the trial at least in the robin hood stuff of the story yeah so that was a huge thing like scandal part that i thought they were going to Blow the doors off. You talk about the Robin Hood part, right? Yeah. I, I agree.
1: I think I would like to have seen. More I thought that was that, that was
2: a big conclusion I wanted to have. And then he's also like talking to all these people. Like he's at the party and he's like talking to his trade people. And, and I'm like, how do you not have more of that deeper fine like I wanted to see more effects on the upper class? Um instead of just the little cl- uh, the, on, the on lower class the lower I class.
1: think some of the things that yeah. Zach and I might be talking about too though are, are a movie that just wasn't that wasn't the intention of what they were making going back to what you were saying like I think that they wanted an entertainment I, sort yeah. of device for audience yeah. modern audiences to make them be like oh my god you like I think they think this is gonna make a decent amount of money which it might I'm curious what the what the how much this cost um, but I think that I would have rather seen a more dramatic take with comedic element. Like, a, again, like a dramedy sort of situation in which we get more information on the story for the people who aren't as aware of it. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying, Zach, too. That, like, you wish um, they had maybe, like, come at a little bit more of the big corporation. But you also have to know that, like... Like, I'd want I'd want to know, like, who are all the producers on this? Like, again, with ma- movie making, sometimes they won't go for big corporations because sometimes they're involved with them. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know necessarily maybe some of these big corporations are a producer on this film so that they can make some of their money back on their That's own true. story.
1: You know, it was interesting. and so they're
0: not going to come at themselves.
1: I did notice on uh, IMDb that so Craig Gillespie, everything he's ever produced, he's mm-hmm. been an executive producer on except for this. So he's just a normal mm-hmm. producer on the, this
2: one. The budget is also uh, $30 million.
1: $30 million. Okay, so this is going to make its money back. It, that's yeah. actually a good... That's a really good budget for a movie of this size with it's the ensemble good. that it has, I think. Yeah. This is a nice mid-level movie that I think could probably, hope, hopefully, make its money back. I mean, I still want so, movies like this to succeed. Because mm-hmm. I like seeing movies like this.
2: I hope so. Because opening weekend, what they have put in is uh, $220,000. No way. In the U.S. and Canada. And then... Well, I think, it was limit- I think it was
1: it limited. It
0: was. I, I don't think it's and it's opening
1: worldwide uh, this next- Friday,
0: this weekend. So
1: yeah, we're recording this on Thursday, September twenty eighth. So tomorrow, I think tomorrow it goes it goes live when this episode okay. drops.
2: Okay. So uh, you want
1: to you want to hear something else super interesting that I just read Obviously. on IMDb? Guess who are two of the executive producers on this film? Are they
0: Ooh. actors?
1: People that are very prominent for a financial aspect also in movies.
2: Oh, uh, Zuckerberg close or was it oh, who someone produced something. so the Winkle Voss twins oh yes oh, okay. ex- i see that our executive that. producers right. on this film
0: i mean so that's why they're not gonna like take hard-hitting swings at like the corporations and the hedge funds they're just telling the story in a funny way and trying mm-hmm. to make people feel good about people like us taking power back if anything. as players. much as we can yeah
2: like, if anything, yeah. I feel like it also um, is throwing uh, Seth Rogen's character Gabe, and then um, the like completely, yeah. completely threw him under the bus of like this guy was an idiot, like stupid, like I, like whoever yeah, I if they had an idea to completely like wreck this guy's reputation in a movie, they basically did yeah. that. So I don't know. I want to give flowers to America Ferrara, too because I feel like we
1: haven't seen her in anything like she was on that. Um, sitcom for a really long time Superstore was she in Barbie yeah. well that's what no I'm saying like she's having a great year oh. I thought oh, she was I thought well, yeah. she was yeah, good yeah. I thought she was good in this film and she's great in Barbie um wasn't
0: she no she had that what was that show in like early 2000s that she was ugly Betty yeah but I'm yeah, saying yeah, like yeah. we haven't
1: seen her like I think she's showing that she can have dramatic chops and she's working with like pretty big directors Greta Gerwig and Craig Gillespie's been somebody that's been doing some really interesting creative things recently so i don't
0: know if she'll ever be anything better though than the sisterhood of the traveling pants
1: well obviously just saying
0: i mean i can't
1: say that i've seen the sisterhood of the traveling pants (laughs) get on and you
0: have a film podcast i know
1: it's a shame i'm sorry everybody I'm so sorry for everyone who's big Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants fans here.
2: Big Pants fans.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Do we want to wrap up this conversation? What do we overall? I want I want to know. Uh,
0: I do want to say one thing that I really did love that they did was like the net worths of everybody in the beginning versus like the end, especially like the side characters of like the college girls um, and like America Ferrera's character. I I thought that was a really nice little side thing they do i do
1: i like that i like mm-hmm. that aspect of it too do you want to You give your final thoughts
0: um yeah i mean i liked the movie i think it's very entertaining very funny again i don't think that they were coming at it from a like let's tell the most groundbreaking story oscar winning across the board film i think that they were like let's go make some money on this story about making money um mm. good performances you'll recognize a lot of people which is nice uh and you'll just the opening song with WAP. i was like okay this is what we're doing were i'm ready in. for it yeah uh but no i mean i i i'd give it like a like a a, a solid 7.5
1: okay yeah all right um i <laughs> next <laughs> I didn't love this movie. Yeah, which I said in the beginning. I thought. Did
0: this conversation convince you a little bit more, or would you say it's it stayed the same? Your opinion? No,
1: I think my opinion stayed the same. I think that (laughs) I think that again that this is not the movie that I particularly wanted to see in terms Mm of if we were going to see a movie at this point about this already.
0: You wanted more of like
1: I would like more of a legitimate expose, uh, and I thought that it sometimes beat you over the head with the comedic modern era of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that the ensemble, it's filled with really good actors that I thought, unfortunately, were not utilized in the best way because of the narrative structure of the film and the script as a whole. Um, it's the first feature film of, of the duo of, of Blum and Angelo, so I'm curious if that also might have played into it. And again, I think that it was a story that was probably rushed by the studio. So that, I think, definitely hurt it. Um, it's not a movie that like, if it was on, I would like to, tr- I didn't think it was horrible, but I, I thought it was a very middle of the road film. I'd probably give it around a six.
0: Okay all right i'm
2: gonna give it a uh, seven seven eight range nice yeah.
0: okay yeah. Zach. so
2: i i i thought it was an entertaining watch i think um people if they don't see it in theaters they can at least stream this it's an easy watch to get on a stream yeah, it's, like. a,
1: it's only a yeah. hundred minutes
0: yeah it's so feel it, good too like at the end of it you're gonna kind of be like oh like you're
2: like okay yeah. that was, i didn't know anything about that yeah I, not, feel, you know. I feel
0: nice about it
2: yeah <laughs> i thought it was good uh, there's a good ensemble there's a lot of people involved um with uh just the hedge fund stuff if you need like a digestible wall street movie this is definitely a fit for you so yeah
0: like okay. there was a never moment where i was like oh my god Lost. what is happening oh, yeah. right I, now yeah like, I, I didn't I no feel that move. way either no which is nice because sometimes i get annoyed when it's like you had to be in on it to know what's happening um and i feel like they could have mm-hmm. gone that route of like oh, if you weren't a part of like the GameStop buying, like you don't actually know what happened. And then I would have been like, check out. I don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So I think that's going to do it here for us for our latest episode of the Cinema Wave podcast. Dumb Money is in theaters starting by the time we release this today, September 29th. It'll yes. be out for everybody. Make sure you guys go and check it out. Um, just signing off. I am Darian Scalamoni.
0: I'm Liz Seiko.
2: I'm Zach.
1: And we'll see you guys <laughs> next time.